Welcome back. This is John Sadak. While you were away, we had a mound visit, and it looks like they might be making a change. Yep, yep, they're going to the lefty in the bullpen. It's Southpaw Sizzle. Here comes Stephen Offenbaker. Welcome into another edition of the Lefty in the Bullpen. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker. The Lefty in the Bullpen is brought to you by the Locked On Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure you get in the subscriptions, whether it's the audio feed or the video feed. We always have exciting stuff coming for you today. Bonus episode. I'm really uh, excited about this one. We've been trying to get uh, a lot of the Reds youth movement over the last couple years on so that we can get to know them before they're in Cincinnati and uh, doing the things we like to see them do. Today, special guest, we're going to welcome in the one and only Connor Phillips. We know him from uh, the trade last season that brought you over from the Seattle Mariners organization. And since you arrived here in the Reds organization, you've really just been lighting it up. And this year, especially, uh, you're having uh, quite the amazing run down there in the Reds minor league system. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, it's it's been fun uh, since I've came over to the Reds. I've got to meet a lot of great guys. Uh, been pitching the ball pretty well. Um, so I'm having a lot of fun. Well, let's let's talk about coming over to the organization. You were the, you know, for lack of the better terms that we have, the player to be named later. And, you know, everybody uh, wondered who that was going to be. And and turns out there was a lot of angst on the Seattle Mariners side about letting you go. Uh, you were on a list of players that they didn't really want to part with, but ultimately were negotiated in to be chosen from. Uh, how does it feel to to be involved in a trade like that and be sent to a new organization and and be on this list and and ultimately be selected to go yeah i mean it was it was a shock um i was still 20 years old like i had just finished my first season we're in spring training and uh it was at the very end you know um i'd kind of thought that you know maybe my name was going to be thrown around and then a couple weeks went by and i like all the trade talk had gone away and then, you know, out of nowhere, it's like I get a phone call and here we go. Once arriving in the red system, uh, the, the Cincinnati Reds made a lot of changes in a very short period of time with the minor leagues. There was a, a dramatic philosophy shift over a couple seasons. There was a time where Kyle Bodie was involved from driveline. They really made an effort to incorporate more and more of the analytics, more and more of the data to help pitchers get ahead. Which, where do you fall on the spectrum of, you know, old school pitcher guys that kind of go with their gut versus new school studying the books every day, studying the data every day. Where are you in that, that spectrum? Well, um, so being in the Mariners org kind of taught me a lot of that analytical stuff. And at that young age, it was really good to learn it and understand like, these are my shapes. This is what I want to do with pitches. But now at this point, it's really about going and getting guys out with that stuff. And it's kind of, you know, whatever stuff I have that day, let's go and get these guys out. Talk about your stuff a little bit. If, if I were to ask you to just kind of tell me your arsenal, uh, what do you throw uh, and, and why do you like to throw it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I got a big fastball, um, a lot of vert. Um, that's past couple of weeks I've really been relying on it um, to, to just set up these games. And it's, uh, it's worked pretty well just to 
get me deeper in games and have a have a good pitch count going into this fifth and sixth inning. Um, and then I got the slider that's probably my best pitch overall um, that I can throw whenever I want for a strike. Uh, the curveball is also it's really a strike pitch, but um, I'm able to get it down in the zone and uh, can get some swing and miss on it there. And, you know, the changeups, it's coming along. Um, I'm, I'm happy with it. It's not it's my worst pitch, um, and I know that. Um, but it's still, if I can get to that point where I can throw it for a strike um, every now and then and, you know, have it in my back pocket, that I'll be really happy with it. At, at what point along the way, you know, talking about that changeup, you know, it's, it's interesting. That always seems to be the one that's always the pitch that comes along later, always the one that pitchers struggle to find and, and get effective use out of. But then once they get it, it's really damaging to a batter when, when you have a good changeup. At what point in the process did you make the decision? Okay. I really need to work on this pitch. This is really the next evolution in my arsenal. Yeah. I mean, I think probably, end of last year coming into like spring training um, over the off season. I worked on it a lot. Spring training, it was really good. Um, and then being sent to double A with the, the baseballs that we had there, uh, it kind of, it set me back a little bit, to be honest. Um, I had to go through a grip change just because that baseball didn't, didn't fare well with changeups. And I understood like, Hey, like we need to throw this when you throw it for a strike. And, you know, I'm still a guy who, who likes my shapes, you know? Um, so I, I had to go through a grip change and now, um, going back to the, the major league ball, <clears throat> it's, it's been pretty easy. Um, stuck with the same grip. Um, the shape's really good. Now it's just a matter of, Hey, like let's throw it over the plate and the results are the results, you know? The, the baseball you talk about, and I think everybody at this point is aware that double-A was trying something different with the, the, the sticky ball, right? Is that is that the best way to describe that? I would say that the baseball was actually not really sticky. Um, I always felt that it was just like a softer shell, if you can understand that, mm-hmm. um, that allowed you to grip it better, allowed you to, like with my curveball, my curveball had... Uh, a lot of depth and a lot of like horizontal on it. Um, And a lot of that was just because I could get my, I dug my finger into it really well because the baseball was, was super, uh, was soft. Um, And so I I just think it was more like a, Hey, people can hold this tighter. And um, I think that's really where, where the vert came up. Cause by the time we got it, um, it wasn't, it wasn't a sticky ball anymore. It was just like a, a, a felty ball. A lot has been made of how Major League Baseball has chosen to experiment with different rules at different levels and and make changes. As you've moved through the system now uh, from, from low A all the way up through now triple A, uh, you've had time to embrace, I guess, uh, all of these new rules as far as timing, pitch clock, you know, being on a clock, how has that affected you? And are, are, are you good with it? Do you mind being on the clock and, and having a pace set for you? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm already like a fast pitcher and with this clock, I'm still with the clock and the, the sound thing um, that we have. Um, I'm having to like slow myself down out there. Cause there's a lot of times that 
I'll speed myself up and I catch myself and I'm a couple batters into the game and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm feeling tired already. Like, why am I doing this to myself? You know? Um, so I think, uh, I like the clock. The clock's good. Um, there's a couple of things that I don't like that major league baseball is doing. Like the sticky ball was, was fun, but it also created a lot of, uh, I guess, bad shapes that people didn't know what was was going on with the baseball coming out of spring training because we didn't get to use them in spring training, you know? Were there any other of the the rules or the adjustments that have been made to the game that you're not necessarily a fan of? Well, I just – I'm not really a fan of, you know, the ABS zone that we have going on right now. Um, I mean, I think it's – I think it's very close to being – something that's like reliable and like can be used. Um, but right now it's just, it's not there. Um, and I really, I want to see um, just what, what pitchers numbers look like from the first three days of a series compared to like the last three. Um, that'd be, that'd be something that uh, would be fun to look at. You talked a little bit about the pitch com and, you know, this kind of changed the way a game evolves you know it used to be you would see the catcher throwing down all the signs you would see the catcher have to come out and make a lot of mound visits to talk through a situation and now we've got the pitch com talk a little bit about just in-game scenario is it is it connor phillips kind of already knowing what he wants to do and the catcher already knows what you like and you're on that page how how much does the coaching staff weigh in on how you attack a batter versus the dynamic between you and your catcher yeah, I mean, we got a bunch of really great catchers in this org, and um, they are really good at communication. Um, and us pitchers are taught, like, you know, hey, it's your game. Um, but a bunch of pitchers want that communication coming back from the catcher, you know. Um, so it's really just you and the catcher. Um, the catcher knows your stuff. You know the catcher's stuff. Um, they know where uh, you want uh, them set up on specific pitches, you know, looking at your numbers, well, your numbers for the whole minor league season are are phenomenal, but let's just look at the, the 2023 Louisville numbers through six starts, a 1.95 ERA in 27 innings pitched. Uh, You've been really good as far as the strikeouts to uh, to walks, you know, you a little, probably a little work to be done there on the walks. I, I imagine you'd want to trim that just a little bit. 32 strikeouts to 19 walks. But these are really solid number sets that we're seeing from you down there in AAA. And, and you mentioned working on your changeup. Uh, where are you in your mindset as far as is it just about developing a little bit more consistency, limiting the walks, being ready to move up? Because, uh, you know, my opinion is you're you're on the cusp. I'm, I'm surprised actually – uh, that we got this in. I was afraid you were going to be in Cincinnati today. So, <laughs> you know, I thought we were going to be canceling. Uh, and I know that's unfortunate for you, but I, I think you're just days away. So in your mind, as you're approaching each start now, is it just about remaining consistent? Are there still other things you're trying to refine or, or hone in on? How would you rate your overall game right now? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for right for me right now is just being consistent. Um, obviously we have the, the back pocket change up thing that, um, we have to have to figure out, um, and keep getting better at. Um, 
I believe that I can go up and pitch in the big leagues with my three pitches right now. I have the changeup, you know, but right now it's just uh, show me pitch maybe five times a game, whereas I'd like it to be more 10, 15 range. Um, and I think this this next outing, um, me and my pitching coach have talked uh, about, you know, putting a number on it, which is something that I don't like doing. I've done that one time this season, put a number on how many changeups I need to get to, and the outing wasn't great. Um, but I think that's kind of to the, the point that we're at is uh, I need to get this changeup down. I need to do it a couple times, um, a couple starts, and uh, throw it quite a bit. And then, you know, that that is what it is at that point. You know, working on a pitch like that uh... – this really doesn't lend itself to being in actual game scenario, right? Uh, you have to throw it, you know, artificially versus in spring training where you can just throw that every pitch, every time, if you really wanted to, uh, when you, when you have to do something like that, when you have to, as you say, talk to the pitching coach and come up with a number, uh, catchers looped in on that, I, I'm sure. And so do you throw it in situations where you wouldn't normally throw it or, do you just kind of hope something comes along and if you don't get to it later in the start, just start dropping it in? How, how does that work? Because it changes a game plan, right? Yeah. I mean, and still the way that I want to think about it and go about it is like, I'm still attacking these guys. Like I'm going to use it in smart counts. Um, you know, like, OOs maybe one ones counts that I'm not going to really get totally set back on. Um, and so I still have a chance to, go and get these guys out if I'm not efficient with the changeup, you know? Well, let's talk about you a little bit. I know players hate this part where we go talking about them versus the baseball, but I really like for these interviews, these shows to be an opportunity for the Reds fans to, to get to know you a little bit before you arrive on the scene. These have been great. We've had a lot of guys that have come up through the system, do this show, just very shortly before being called up and it's worked out really well. So I just want to talk a little bit about your baseball journey. Uh, you know, I imagine it looks like from your bio born in Waco, Texas kid in Texas. Yeah. Well, I was, I'm from Texas. I'm actually from Houston. Um, okay. I went to school in Waco, um, MCC, uh, Juco out there, um, was supposed to go to LSU at first. Um, things changed. I changed my mind on what I wanted to do. So I went up to Waco. Um, I had a really good time at MCC. Um, great coaches there. Yeah, I, I know Waco pretty well. I, I graduated from Frost High School, which is about 30 minutes from there between uh, Hillsborough and Corsicana. So I know that area just a little bit. Uh, a lot of a lot of baseball loving folk in that part of the country. <laughs> When, when you were growing up, were you just all in on baseball? Did you do all of the sports? Were you a travel ball kid? Uh, what, did, what did that look like, learning the game? Yeah, I mean, I have my dad to thank for all that. Um, you know, he kept me in all the sports, but baseball was always my primary sport. Um, that was always a sport that uh, I showed the best at. Um, and, you know, going through high school, I played uh, baseball, football, uh, junior year, I stopped playing football just because I, I understood, you know, the opportunity that I had in baseball and it wasn't, wasn't worth, uh, risking, uh, some injury for, for my whole life, you know? Yeah. Let's, let's unpack that a little bit. When did you know, when did you know that professional baseball was, 
was more than just a dream that it was an actual possibility when did when did that switch flip for you yeah i mean it was probably sophomore sophomore year um maybe like going in that summer the sophomore summer going into junior year uh when i really like noticed that hey like i got a chance um there was talk there was scouts you know like all that stuff was was just coming out of nowhere at that time for me um so i'd say that was probably probably the time did you do you know the the u12s the u9s or was it more of a a little league type uh, baseball experience before high school well um so growing up played t-ball i started at like four um and then I was in spring at the time, and so we uh, had, like, some some kids that started in that t-ball team that we made, like, a, a travel team, but it wasn't, like, a big travel team. Um, so I'd say started travel ball around seven, uh, and then uh, my family moved, and so then we were in Magnolia, so I played a year of Little League in Magnolia, and Magnolia at the time was was very small and so the the little league there was not great at all um so after that we started another travel ball team and uh ever since then like i played travel ball all the way through high school let's talk a little bit about uh I guess maybe non-baseball things that you enjoy doing. What's a, what's typical off season fun activities for you? What do you like to do to step away from the game and maybe reset your mind? Yeah. I mean, I, I just now started getting into golf. Um, I started last year. (laughs) (laughs) I started last year. Um, I guess just getting, you know, a little bit older. Um, I realized like, Hey, I need something to take my mind off baseball because you know, baseball, is taxing and um the time that we're at the field you know overlaps everything um i'll get you know two months off at the end of the year um and then it's back to baseball so uh i i picked up golf um i'm not great i'm not terrible you, have you broken 100 yet are you under 100 on your scores i am under 100 oh you're doing better than me i i was 108 last time out so I, i'm getting there i'm getting there but man what an infuriating and fun hobby right it is it's, a, it's an expensive hobby for sure yes it is so besides the golf uh do you enjoy any of the are you a gamer do you do you get out to movies what what other kind of stuff do you like to get into yeah. maybe non non-athletic type uh, I mean, I'm, I definitely think I, I'm a little bit of a gamer. Um, I I like just sitting down, chilling out. Um, I like to go fishing. Uh, growing up, I was a, a big fisher, um, and that was that's usually like a thing that uh, my brother and my dad uh, do with me. So that was always a good time. When I went back home for All Star break, we went fishing a little bit. So uh, that was some fun. When you finally get the call to Cincinnati, when they when that notice finally comes to you, who's your first phone call? My dad. Yeah. Yeah. Is he gonna be? Is he gonna be one of those guys that that Jim Day gets in the stands and manages to get all emotional talking about your your first major league start? How do you how do you anticipate it's gonna hit him when you make that phone call? Yeah, I mean he's definitely 
he was always growing up, you know, it was like he was the the mean dad, you know, he had like a mustache and so he just looked kind of mean, but in reality he's he's a big softy. Um and so yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna hit him hard. Um but I I hope he has a lot of fun with it, man, because this is this is my dream, but you know, it's also his dream too. Um he's been there every step of the way since I was that four year old playing baseball, you know. What's the what's the dynamic like now as far as uh, him following your performances and 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 watching your career unfold? Uh, do you guys check in with each other about your starts? Does he does he still you know have the the coach at heart mentality? Does he, does he give you some reviews of your uh, starts or what's yeah, that? Yeah, like? there's usually there's there's a phone call after every start, um, whether it's you know that night or the next day and. Um, usually it's like, Hey, you're, you were pretty good. Hey, you were, you were decent. Hey, you were really bad, (laughs) you know, (laughs) which I can take, I grew up with, you know, so, you know, it's, 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 it's fun to watch some of these dads. Um, you know, we've seen it with, uh, guys like, like Andrew Abbott, uh, most recently, uh, you know, his dad will be doing interviews in the stands with the, the TV crew in Cincinnati and, you know, he's basically breaking down the pitches that, that Abbott's throwing. And it's great. I love to see that, that investment that you, you see the love come across. You see the, the, the realization of all the dreams you're talking about. You know, I imagine you spent a lot of hours in a car going to ballparks and it, it's, it's, I can't wait to see it happen for you. You know, one of the things I want to ask you before I let you get out of here that I ask everybody that comes on the show, and it's it's sometimes you get you get wild, unexpected answers. Sometimes it's standard stuff. But, you know, you're heading towards a, an area in your career where you're going to be doing more and more and more media and more and more interviews and, and answering a lot of questions. And uh, and before long, it's just going to be the same lane of questions. And, and you see how it goes. But I always like to ask people, what's something you wish people would ask you about what's something that you wish that you got to talk about that people don't generally ask you to to dig into um i don't know i mean i think honestly uh i get a lot of hate about my control issues and i i think uh question along those lines would be good because I feel like I have uh, a pretty good answer and, you know, uh, I feel like. Well, yeah. let's, let's do it. Tell, tell me about it. Well, I mean, uh, right now I feel like obviously it's a, it's a scenery change, you know, it's a, it's a big strike zone change, like I mentioned. Um, and honestly, like, it was, I feel like it was two outings, you know, that I, mm-hmm. I struggled a little bit other than that, you know, um, these outings have been pretty good up here so far. Um, and like I said before, like, if you want to go into the, the three days of ABS and then three days of the challenge and like, look at the number difference I've had, four of I think my six starts on the ABS strike zone you know um and so it's just it's a big change and then when you get back up to the major leagues it's like there's 
there's another big change that happens, you know, it, it kind of opens back up, um, which is something that I just, I don't like being in AAA, you know, a bunch of these guys here are, um, they've been doing it a lot longer than me. And so they know the strike zone a lot more than me. Um, and I think that it's kind of, it's not great to, to do to guys at this level and at this point in their career. You know, it's pretty interesting. I'm looking at your I'm looking at your game log right now from when they moved you up from double A AA to triple A. And there there's some some pretty decent sized swings in your walk rates. And I would be curious now to know if which of these games you were on the, the automatic calls versus not. Because there's there's a couple five walk games in here, but there's mm-hmm. also a couple there's three two walk games, which is perfectly acceptable. You know, you're not going to be perfect every time out. So um, I would be interested to see if these, what these five walk games, if you were on, if you were on the automatics or if you were on the traditional strike zone. I think the first one. um, And that, and the first one is your first triple a start. Yeah. Um, That, that was like, you know, the fresh come up. Um, But that was actually, that was on the, the challenge system. Um, but then everyone after that, I believe, was on the ABS. All right, Connor, I really appreciate you taking the time. We're coming right up on the half hour mark here. I'm going to let you get out of here. I know you got things to do. I just want to say that uh, it's been great watching you move through the red system. You know, I was excited when you were the player to be named later. I, I knew already uh, that you were going to have some success here. And I, I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you in Cincinnati. And hopefully when that time comes, we can get together again and celebrate it a little bit. I really appreciate the work you're doing. And I look forward to seeing you as part of this big league rotation in the very near future. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. He's Connor Phillips. This has been the Lefty in the Bullpen. We will be back in your feeds uh, as the interviews unfold. And don't forget to subscribe so you get the daily episode of the Locked on Reds podcast, part of your team every day.